I think this is what they really should be. They should be a, a, a five and three in their last eight games type of team, in my opinion. So um, I'm not surprised that they've fallen off a little bit. I still think that they're a serious contender in the East, but they're not going to win an NBA championship this year. So, I mean, we've known that for a while. Yeah, I, I think that, like, if you look at, you know, when they had that, uh, what, was it, what was it, like a 19-game winning streak? What, what was the number on that? Yeah, 18 whatever, or 19, right? I think, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, whatever the number is, when, when they were playing at the peak of their powers and you looked at, like, they were doing it on the back. Like, their, their offense still was not really clicking on all cylinders. Like, they were playing on the on – the, being carried on the back of their like ridiculously all-time great level defense uh, defensive efficiency, and while they're still number one overall in the NBA in, in that department, they have not been that as much over the last couple of weeks. And it's, it's sort of becoming it's also like closer to the pack than it was before. Like they were they were like at 95 points per 100 possessions at one point. Uh, I think. Now I'm—I don't have it in front of me, but but it, it's gotten—it's—it's it's come down a bit, and I feel like it's particularly lately. Like last night, they gave up what 114 to the Pacers. Uh, oh, 111 to the Pacers. Okay, that's fine. They gave up what like, and then they gave up like 114 to the Nuggets. Um, I I, I don't know. I feel like they're slipping a little bit on that end. Why do you think that is? Um, I'm not so sure about that, but they definitely are slipping on that end. And I was kind of spaced out here for a second because I'm looking for this tweet that I mentioned on the post-game show last night that Sean Grandy threw out there a while back after the Utah game. And it's not just defensively, but it's, it's mainly rebounding that uh, has, has really fallen off as I scroll through all of Sean Grandy's tweets. Blah, blah, blah. The gist of it is that the Celtics were one of the best teams in the league in rebounding and defense for the, for the first 18 or so games, 19 games. And then for the next 13 games or so, they've fallen off to, to be one of the worst. Uh, here it is. So this is after the Utah game when they got out-rebounded by 24 points. And they've played two games since then, both of which, uh, well, last night's game, it, it was an even – rebounding battle and uh the game before that i don't know whether they got out rebounded but it wasn't like a complete washout on the boards but when they were 16 and 2 in their first 18 games uh they were first in defense second in rebounding and 20th offensively and in their last 13 games not including the last two so the two games the 13 games before that they were eight and five ninth offensively their defense is now middle of the pack or second, third <clears throat> at 19 and their rebounding Calvin has been dead last in the league. So I don't know if it's, if it's a matter of uh, effort or energy or lack of focus or just purely the fact that they've gone up against some pretty good rebounders over the last couple of weeks. You can throw Andre Drummond in there. Um, I know. I think Tyson Chandler, as uh, Amir said last night on the post-game show, I think Chandler had a decent rebounding game against them when they played Phoenix. Um, but I mean, they've just they've gone up against some decent rebounding teams. So I think it's a it's kind of a perfect storm of of things. And I don't think they're as bad as the, these stats are that I just threw out there. But I don't think they're as good as the first eighteen games says they were. So. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that the, the, the rebounding thing was always in my mind like uh, destined to come back down to earth just because they're they're not exactly. I mean, look, I'm, Horford's great, but like Horford's never been a rebounder, right? To a guy who rebounds well for his position. Uh, yeah. Like part part of that, I want to say that the rebounding uh, going down is it, it might coincide with the the loss of minutes for Tice. Is that you know you he, he's excellent on the offensive boards and it, it seems like. Uh, you know, with Morris coming back and stuff, he's not really getting in the games as much. Morris is not a, a candidate, much like Horvath, a guy who's not really uh, known for his rebounding. So it could, you know, it could be roster related in that respect. And, but I, but I think yeah, some some of that was unsustainable 
Um, although, you know, Tatum is sort of falling off a little bit when it comes to his rebounding as well. Seems like he was rebounding was a, a lot better than... Tatum was another topic on the uh, the post game show last night, and the rookie wall was brought up, of course, um, because it, when you're a college player, you're you're playing at most like 35 to 40 games in a season, right? And then it gets doubled up uh, real quick in in your rookie season in the NBA as they play 82. So he's, I mean, he might miss a game here or there and he he may not actually play in all 82, but um, all rookies have to be managed at some point because they're just, their bodies just aren't used to playing that many games. So I don't think he's really hit that wall yet. He had a couple of of down games there, but he still seems to be the same player that he was for the first couple of months there. Um, Or first, I should say six weeks of the season. It's hard for me to, like, factor in rookie wall uh, until, you know, February-ish. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think that is it per se. I just don't think he's, he's rebounding with the same authority that he was earlier in the season. I don't know. Maybe uh, he's focused a little bit more on his offense. I will say that, that I, I do feel like James so, Brown's defense is not what it was earlier on in the season. Oh, just just so this is is this a team thing, Calvin? And I asked this question last night because I don't really know the answer. So maybe you do. I mean, is it really that difficult for teams in the NBA to focus on both offense and defense? Because like those stats I just mentioned said, if you just take up matchups out of it and you just purely look at the stats that Grandy put out there, I mean, it's almost as if the team decided to start focusing on offense and they lost track of, of what they needed to do defensively. I feel like the really good teams – can do it all, and, and they don't need to do one or the other. But this team, for some reason, seems to have to do one or the, or the other and not, not both. It is very odd, especially for a, a team that's like not not shallow. You know what I mean? It, it's, not like, uh, it's not like Al Horford's playing 42 minutes a game out there. Or, uh, I mean, Horford's an example of a guy who's still continuing to play, play offense and defense. But, uh, yeah, you know, someone like Jalen Brown, like, it's not like, first of all, he's, you know, 20 years old. And secondly, uh, yeah, it's not like he's playing 39 minutes a game. So you would you would be able to think that, yeah, they would focus on both at the same time. I, you're right. I don't understand how this is a thing that happens. I get it if it's like you Russell Westbrook and, me, and people go, oh, well, Russell Westbrook is saving some of his energy for the, the manic destruction he's doing on every possession when the ball's in his hand and he's wearing big guys. But, like, if you're if you're a Boston Celtic and you're in that offense, there's plenty of time on the offensive end when you're t- you're having time off anyway. You're either standing in the corner waiting for a three point shot, spreading the floor out. You're doing you know what I mean. There's plenty of time when you you're not dribbling with the basketball. You're not exerting yourself. And you should be fine. But you're right. I don't. I part of it I think is an effort thing, and, and part of it is is you know to Brad Stevens' credit, he got this team. Out of the out of the starting blocks faster than other teams in the in the NBA, and I think teams are just starting to catch up now. You know, I, I think teams are starting to like play how they're going to play. They're starting to actually run their their offenses, where the Celtics have already been doing that for a while, and now we're sort of seeing them come hmm. back down to earth because other teams are rising a little bit. Yeah, it's, and that's so strange that they were they were so good at the beginning is it maybe i mean are, is, is that what you're saying that other teams are just getting better and it's tougher for the celtics to win or because i just don't feel like the celtics have even been playing as well as they were at the beginning of the season and they just don't seem as cohesive as they were for a, a good period of time there maybe the matchups have something to do with it but um i don't i, mean, I don't know if it's really the rest of the teams rising up to their level because they were playing really well yeah, they were they were playing really well. That's yeah. I I don't. It, 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 I guess this is uh, bigger than the Celtics here, right? Because this, this is something that happens in the NBA every year. Remember that Houston Rockets team? It was like pre James Harden. Then right before they got James Harden, and they they had nobody good on the team, and they won twenty games in a row. Do you remember that? And it was mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, here come the Rockets. Yeah, you don't you don't even remember because and, and they won twenty games in a row, and they went from like from, like, the seventh seed to the fourth seed. And it was just, like, people were talking about can these Rockets make a run, and they weren't actually any good. But for some reason, for those 20 games, they found something, and they became this, like, juggernaut that 
I don't know if it applies. And, and I, I guess that's that's why I wonder from here. Do you think, first, first of all, do you, do you feel like the Celtics are, are locked to hold on to that one the entire year? Because the Cavs no. and, 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 and the Raptors, by the way, uh, are, are kind of right there, right? Yeah, so that's a, I don't I don't think the Celtics are going to be there throughout the year, if that's what you're asking. But I do think that they will they will end up being uh, either the one. I mean, possibly Cleveland could catch them. I don't think they're going to fall behind Toronto at this point uh, when when it all when it's all said and done. But um, I do expect them to be the one at the end, and there may be some jockeying from between now and then. They could certainly fall off. Uh, and Cleveland could go continue on their run. I mean, they did lose uh, about a week ago at this point, uh, but they have won five in a row. So their streak was snapped, but they've gotten another one going. And I mean, they, they're they're playing much better than they were at the beginning of the season. So um, I I could totally see them overtaking Boston for a little while, but I also would picture Cleveland as the type of team to hit another lull at some point, start resting their players. Uh, and much like they've done for the for the past couple of years, not really care whether they get the one seed and still go to the finals. So I am still thinking that the Celtics will end up as the one, but I'm not going to say they're going to run the table here. Back to right. back, front to back or whatever. Wire to wire, that's what you mean to say. I can't even get my cliches right. I've been, I feel like I've been on, I've had a headset on for too long over the past 48 hours. You did the post-game show last night? I did the post-game show last night, and then I also did a Arlington High School basketball game tonight. A little color commentary. Wow. So, I've, it's Australia like my ears have been yeah. covered up for so you, hours. You don't, believe, you don't believe in the Raptors at all. I, I just want to ask you about them, because they, they're only one oh, game really? back in the lock column. I know the Celtics have six more wins. But they, but they do have an uh, an eight and a half point scoring differential, which is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. You know what I mean? Let's third in the NBA. How, like, how are the Raptors doing that? Um, I'm not really sure how they're doing that, Calvin. Honestly, I, I really would not. I can't tell you because they, I haven't looked at their schedule or anything. I do see that they beat uh, Sacramento by 15. So games like that are certainly going to help. I feel like the Raptors are the type of team that either blows a team out or they lose a close one. I I would like to see what their record is in close games this year uh, because they, they always seem to be that type of team. Like if they have it going, they're going to blow you out, but there are also going to be times where it's a pretty close game and they are not going to pull that one through. So I just, I'm going to pull up their schedule right now and do a really quick glance and probably prove myself wrong. But uh, that's just, I just, I don't buy into them. And I think part of the problem is that I haven't really watched them much this year, but I've also never really thought of DeMar DeRozan as the number one type of player. And I think that that's kind of what they are going to need if they're going to be uh, a team that goes to the NBA finals or even the Eastern conference finals. They're going to need him to be that number one type of player. And I just, even though he's been doing it so far, I just don't see that happening in the playoffs. Well, they've changed a lot of what they're doing offensively. Like they're, they're running a lot more triple handoffs. They're shooting a lot more threes. Uh, They're, you know, they're trying to modernize in the way uh, or, you know, run the same offense that everyone else is running. And they're playing a lot of their young kids and it's actually working out for them. They've benched Valanciunas for a lot of the time. He does not see the floor that much. They're playing Purtle more. Yeah, They're playing. Yeah. Uh, I I was I was exactly right on this. They are blowing teams out, and they're losing relatively close games. I mean, they lost the Clippers by 14, but they've lost a five-point game, a six-point game, another five-point game. Uh, there's a blowout to Denver in there. Nine points to Washington. They lost by a point to the Celtics. Eight points to the Knicks. Three to the Pacers. Uh, five to the Clippers. So this is what why their point differential is so high. They're, they blow other teams out, but they can't seem to win the close one. So uh, unless they're getting 30 points from DeRozan and 30 from Lowry, they seem to have, have some struggles here. So I don't know. I, I guess... They won by 16 and, in Houston. And, 
that's a good win. What's, what is that? They won by 16 in Houston. So that's a win right yep, there. That's one of the blowouts. I mean, I'm not, I didn't mention yeah. any of the teams that they blew out. Like some of those teams are pretty impressive that they went yeah. out there and just totally crushed them. I mean, even if you want to want to look at a, uh, one of their first games against Philadelphia, a team that started out pretty strong. Actually, was that even a regular season game? What am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia has been playing well and they've been fighting teams. And even though their record's not that great, they have been playing some, some tight matchups, but not against Toronto. They got smoked by Toronto. Um, so, I mean, just that in the, in the first week, week of the season was an indication that, that when things are going well for Toronto, they're going to blow you out. And if you can keep them in a close game, as they found out their very next game against San Antonio, it's not it's not guaranteed that they're going to win that one because I just I, I've never thought of them as a closeout type of team. They're all, they seem to be a front running type of team, and until they prove me wrong, that's what I'm going with. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's our Celtics track right. for this week. Yeah, we'll, that's we'll 20 minutes in. What do you say we we get off uh, the, the Celtics at this point and move on over to your guys over there quickly with the Lakers uh, and Lonzo Ball having a little discussion with the MVP of all time, LeBron James, the MVP of all time. How do you feel about that? The MVP of all time? I don't feel crazy about it. I just made it. it up. All right. Well, yeah, it's still kind of bumming me out he's, a little bit. But, he's uh, the most – actually, I'll, no, I, I'm going to revise that. LeBron James is the MVP of all humanity. How do you feel about that? Wow. I like that a little more. The MVP of all humanity. He should use that for no! something. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Right. The, the, the Lakers uh, played the Cavaliers the other night. Uh, actually, actually, last week now, last Wednesday. Uh, they actually played them pretty well. Uh, lost at the last, wait, the last second. Was that, was that Lonzo Wednesday? Uh, uh, that, that Wednesday, yeah. yeah I hate ESPN. Every Wednesday is Lonzo freaking Wednesday. I'm tired of it. It's stupid. Embrace Lonzo. Embrace him. Yeah, I, I got some Lonzo talk to you. We can get if you want. But, uh, but yeah. So, you know, Lakers lost by one, whatever. They, they, this, is, this is like what's happening to the Lakers lately. It's like we, they just played the Warriors uh, last night. Although they should have won that Warriors game. Can I just complain about that briefly? Because... Uh, the Lakers were up by two with uh, 20 seconds or so left. Jordan Clarkson takes a shot that hits the rim. He gets his own rebound and puts it in, and they wave it off saying that he passed to himself, even though the ball like bounced so clearly off the rim that it, I don't understand how they possibly could have seen it as an air ball. But because, because they waved off the basket, it was a one-possession game. Golden State ties it. The Lakers have like two seconds left, and then it goes to overtime. So brutal, and now they're bottom eight, the, right? Bottom eight. Yeah, they're bottom eight, One, but again, two. they're not. Look, they're not playing bad. We, we get, we'll get to them in a second. Seven, bottom we'll, seven, bottom seven. Yeah, are you are you really you're really seeing their trending arrow going down? Now we just got to talk about this now. We'll get to this a lot in a second. You is that that's what you're seeing right now? Are, is this just your Celtics optimism right now, or do you are you really feeling like? No, I don't see. Playing. I don't see anything with the Lakers. I've just been saying it for the whole year. I, I thought I'm going to stick to my take. I'm going to stick to my prediction. They're going to be a bottom five team. The Celtics are getting that pick. You, so you would stick to your prediction no matter what. Like if they if they just rip well, off no, Calvin, no. If they if they had separated by the by Christmas, if they had, if they weren't, uh, what is it, a game and a half out of the fifth worth position fifth worst position, then I might reconsider my take. But, I mean, they're, they're a game and a half back here uh, from that yep. spot. There's there's a total possibility that things could bounce the wrong way for them and they could fall fall down and lose a couple games here, lose a couple games there. Who's to say Phoenix doesn't catch them once or twice? Who's to say that, that Dirk doesn't go crazy and Dallas has a good game against them? But there's plenty of chances for them to lose coming up. Uh, and I'm just going to ride it out until it's pretty clear that they are not going to be a bottom five team. Maybe it comes in the middle of January. Maybe it comes at the all-star break. 
maybe we're still talking about this right up until the last game of the season because they're going to be hovering around that spot. But they're they're actually probably not the team that we should be looking at as uh, for, for Celtics draft picks at, at this point anymore. Um, I should go and look this up, but I feel like they have the Clippers and or Memphis at some point in the next year or two. And those teams are both not looking very good right now either. So uh, yes, this is my Celtics bias. This is me poking at you because you're a Lakers fan. There's really nothing else behind it. Part of the problem is, is this is such a weird NBA year. I'm not, I'm not sure who is the worst team in the NBA anymore. Now the Bulls won six in a row and now I'm just confused about life. Yeah. Yeah, we thought it was going to be Chicago slash Atlanta. I still think Atlanta is is the, is the team, um, but there are plenty of other surprises out there. I mentioned the Clippers. I'm I'm surprised that Memphis is as bad as they are. Um, you were on to Dallas before I, I realized that I thought they were going to be a decent team, but I think that you picked them to be pretty horrible. And uh, yeah. otherwise, I mean, I, I'm I guess I'm shocked that Orlando has just fallen off the map. And, and lost five in a row, and they are not as good as they were going to be. So definitely some surprises at the bottom. Yeah, and I, I don't know. A lot of these teams, I, I, could, I feel like could go in a run. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't. So, but the, you know who can is the Lakers because, they, again, they keep playing these teams. They're in the top ten of the NBA at defense. I don't know if you knew that, but you know, like number eight, defensive efficiency, uh, which is like a weird thing. Blonzo, who, like, people said could not defend it. People made fun of him for being too slow. Like, maybe just the fact that he's 6'6", but Lonzo is actually a very good defender. He gets steals and blocks all the time. Uh, I know that's not everything, but he also, like, manages, even though he gets, guys get blown by, uh, and he, I'm sorry, guys blow by him quicker point guards, but he still manages to sort of get around them and affect their shots on a consistent basis. So I, I have no issue with him on that end. In any case. Wow. Lakers left. Actually, yeah. Lakers. Yeah. I'm just looking at your schedule. Continue on. Go ahead. No, no, go. You had a thought, actually. Oh no, I was just going to say that coming up, you you actually have not just as many chances to win as you do to lose there over in Lakerland. You got the Rockets and the Trailblazers, uh, but also a couple of games against Memphis in January. Um, actually, December 27th and then January 15th, and you're also seeing teams like. Uh, the Hawks in Sacramento and Dallas, as we just mentioned, all in January. Yeah. So even though the the Lakers played San Antonio and Minnesota uh, and Houston, as I said, and Oklahoma City a couple times, just as many chances to win some games against some bad teams. So actually, I'm going to look forward to January for the Lakers because I'm going to be rooting for all of those bad teams to win. Memphis, Atlanta, let's go. Beat them. The Bulls, New York. Although, Wait, the, the Lakers have already played. The, the Lakers have already played uh, Golden State twice in the last two weeks. We had to play Golden State again on Friday, I believe, and mm-hmm, then they have to mm-hmm. play. And they have to play Houston. How's How's Golden State, Houston, Golden State a three-game run? All, all I'm saying is that that doesn't seem cool to me. It's <laughs> like. All right. Um, all right. No. You should get to this LeBron James discussion before we run yeah. out of time. Go ahead. Yeah. So LeBron, uh, so LeBron speaks to Alonzo after the game, uh, and he covers his mouth with his jersey and instructs Alonzo to do the same. They have a conversation. So then people ask, you know, uh, LeBron what they, what he and Alonzo talked about, of course, because it's Alonzo Wednesday. You got to know, right? Everyone's, everyone's got to know. You got to know what they're talking about. It's so important. Like it became this, this like, and then LeBron said, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to tell you." And then they went to Lonzo, and he, of course, he wasn't going to say anything either because LeBron instructed him not to, as we as we found out. Then, yeah, it became you know headline after headline. What are the what's the secret thing LeBron said to Lonzo? We don't know. It's a mystery. We're, we're trying to find out. And then come to pass, uh, we come to find out a day or two later that there's a, a there was a, a foreign language uh, mic that like was in the background filming something else that picked up the conversation between Lotto and LeBron, and and they went out and they aired the transcript uh, of of their conversation in which LeBron said the media is going to ask you 
uh, look, what did we talk about? Don't don't tell him. And then he just said, hey, you got to stay focused and stay aggressive and keep working hard. That's it. Yep. That's all he said to him, Murray. Pretty standard words. Nothing crazy. Not not like, uh, hey, I'm going to come to Los Angeles. We're going to win a title. Nothing like that. No scandalous crap. Ugh, so stupid. Why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to just say to the media, I told him to stay focused and work hard. That's all I told him. Instead, of, instead, LeBron is trying to make this a, a big deal and keep a big secret and make, a, make it a story. Oh, LeBron and Lonzo talked. This is all part of the, the big uh, dramatic production that is LeBron James that I just can't stand. I, it just, it, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying and dumb on so many levels to me that I had to talk about it. First, it's annoying that people care so much of, like, about their conversation, right? And secondly, it's annoying to me that he's, he's trying to manufacture interest in his conversation by, like, by having it out. Like, look, he, he, is, he knows how to get Lonzo Ball's information. He can call Lonzo Ball from the locker room. He can call, in fact, he can go into the Lakers' locker room and just have a, con- a one-on-one conversation away from the media sure. in private. They could go out somewhere after the game and have that conversation at a bar. Absolutely. Nobody- this is the same yeah. the same argument that we were talking about two weeks ago when we were saying, well, why would the Lakers shut LeVar Ball down? He can go talk when, wherever he wants. It's the same thing. Yeah. They can talk anywhere. LeBron chose to have that conversation right there. And then, yeah, and then he immediately, when we find out what it is, it's, yeah, it's him telling Alonzo, hey, don't, don't tell them about this because LeBron is trying to manufacture more LeBron attention. And it's dumb. This is no different it's than, so like, dumb. This is no different than, yeah, it's no different than KD fake tweeting himself and getting caught as far as I'm concerned. Like, it just <laughs> comes back to, like, it's athletes doing, getting caught, doing something dumb. LeBron didn't take the kind of heat that Kevin Durant took. And that, that's fine. Maybe, maybe it's not as bad as that. But it's, it's certainly, like, I, I feel no, like... No, it's not as bad. He, no, but, he, but he's still skating in terms of, like, how much... Uh, how much of a like uh, of a desperate plea for attention that he's that he's like intentionally manufacturing here? You know what I mean? Like, once we find out that like he's saying that, then it's like okay, LeBron, maybe you should have just figured out another way to say it. Or <laughs> because honestly, if he had not covered his mouth and said those same words, nobody would care. Like, like it wouldn't even that would not even be a headline if he said. It wouldn't right. even be Lonzo, like LeBron tells Lonzo to work hard. You know right. what I mean? He's literally trying to make this thing a, a story and to bring right. attention to himself and Lonzo Ball, and it's it's that's what makes it so annoying to me. It's just it's so it's so yeah. stupid. What's the point? And then you know the cameras yeah, are then, on. That's what that's the point. Ugh, it's just more LeBron James. Look at me, crap. And the thing that makes me angriest about it really is then then when it comes out. LeBron's got to come out and say that he's angry that the, the information got out. You know what I mean? At that point, just shut your mouth. Look, you, you're angry. Wait, did he say that, really? Yeah. He was upset. Oh. He was upset that the information leaked. He wanted it to just stay between them. Yeah, he, he told them What that, information? It was, it, it was nothing. It was a nothing conversation. Like, what do you mean information, LeBron? He break. said some things could be held private, like my conversation with Lonzo. Everything just oh, right, because there, you were yeah. talking about so many secret things that were very important to the history and the future of the NBA or yourself, uh, or there were disparaging remarks or, or something that made you look bad. That's, that's, no, you know what made you look bad, LeBron James? LeBron James made you look bad. You, King, made yourself look bad. Savior of all humanity or whatever the hell, MVP of humanity. You made yourself look bad by drawing attention to it in the first place. Otherwise, it wouldn't have even mattered, and there would be no reason to get upset. There's nothing to – like, I just don't understand the idea that his, his privacy was, was threatened when he's in, the, in center court drawing attention to himself, making it clear that he wants someone to talk about what he's doing. Yeah, and when you're speaking on camera right after a game – in that scenario, that that's that's like that's not the place where you can you should have any expectation. You were literally talking through your uh, jersey because you knew that you were being filmed in that moment. If you really want, like, 
maybe he maybe he said to Toronto another time, yeah, I'll see you next year in the Lakers. But he certainly looked LeBron smart enough to not to say it there, right? Of course, that's why he said boring stuff right there because right. he knew it might have gotten out. So yeah, all of that all of that is dumb, and I'm I'm annoyed at how much of it is manufactured by LeBron. That's all. That's that's why it's a topic tonight because because he wanted it to be. He absolutely wanted it to be, and we we played into it, so that's too bad. Um, anyway, let's get off of basketball at this point. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. no we let's not get off of basketball. Yeah. There's plenty of basketball left. I thought we were going to jump yeah. into the pass at some point. But quickly, because I don't really care about it other than the fact that I think it's stupid he got two numbers retired. Pick one, please. Uh, Kobe. But I don't know. Where are you going with his Kobe jersey retirement discussion? Well, that's the first place I'm going with it, which is that it's stupid that he got two jerseys retired. Yeah, I'm look. Uh, I, you've heard me have this debate with Nick Chelsea a million times, where like I make fun of or so other Celtics people, where I make fun of Celtics fans because they have a ridiculous number of jerseys retired, and I think it's a dumb thing to like that devalues the the retirement of the jersey to have like lower yeah. level Hall of Famer. Types like not even low, just just having too many jerseys retired, it, it makes yeah. it less exclusive. And yeah, Kobe is one person, and, and that's fine. So it's it's not another person, but it's it's just really dumb for Kobe to have two separate numbers retired. Like he's not two separate people. You don't need look. He changed his number and became twenty four because like he that like twenty four represented something to him that he didn't. So it it seems obvious to me that like they should just retire twenty four. I don't understand why we have to like. Yeah, twenty four represented enough. not being a rape allegation, alleg- not, not having rape allegations. That's what twenty twenty four represented. Sorry, continue. Go. Oh wow, you're calling me. Uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's that's coincidental. That's when the the the, uh, the number change happened. Is it? I don't remember now. You might you might be right. It's two thousand. 2004 is when he changed numbers? I Uh, I will double-check that, but I believe so. Yeah, and now we're getting, like, the return of the Kobe LeBron puppets, where Kobe's like, which Kobe was better, number 8 or number 24? Did you see that commercial that was running? You probably didn't watch that game, but that commercial was running through the entirety of the... Yeah, uh, 6-7, So after all those allegations came out and and were settled, et cetera, 0607 is when he switched. So it was a couple years later. I think he. I think the allegations came out in '04, or that's when the incident was, and he settled later on, and then switched it over. If, if my recollection is correct, it could not be though. Of course. No, it was. It, no, it was settled by then because uh, he was not going to Colorado or anything anymore at that point. In any Got case, it. yeah. In any case, yeah. I. I don't think. And he, so now this just sets this precedent where, like, anytime anyone changes their jersey number, you retire all of their jerseys. I would get it if you wore eight for one team and 24 for another team and both teams retired his jersey with their own numbers. That's fine, you know? I can respect that. But he was, he was a Laker his entire career. They put his his name up around Chikern. So just two things to say, Brian. Why don't you, if you're going to do that, if, if you're going to have eight and 24 retired, we're... Why not just have the eight jersey say Kobe and then the twenty four jersey say Brian and have Kobe <laughs> Bryant up there? You know? Sure. You might, I'm with you on that. Yeah, you might as well just go all out and have, have Kobe be the everything possible. Which, by the way, look and look, and I'm I'm glad he was this, but Kobe was really arrogant during the uh, during oh, the of course Kobe. he was. Yeah, I, I guess I was ex- I was expecting the uh, I don't know that man was expecting a little crying Jordan in my life. You know, I was expecting that, like, blubbering soft, like, or at least, like, tear in my eye, Kobe. But I feel like Kobe Kobe could not have cared less. No, not, I don't want to put it, put it that way. But Kobe could not have been, like, less emotional about it. In fact, it's like the, the game went into overtime, and the second, uh, the, the second that the Lakers missed the chance to hit the game winner in regulation, Kobe and his family bounced, which was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Didn't even stay for the end of the game. Didn't stay for the end of his own game, right? Kobe Knight, he's leaving. He's leaving at the end of the point. I believe it. Is that, he wasn't is, playing. Is he probably a, didn't care. 
Yeah, is that acceptable though? That shit is kind of not. Look, if you one thing, if he was like Bill Russell leaves, right? You're like, okay, well, you know, he's Bill Russell. Listen, Antoine leaves. Walker was at the Celtics game the other night, and I don't think he left until the very last second. I think that, and he wasn't even honored. He was just sitting in the stands. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he stayed through the fourth. I'll give him that, but still, I, I, I think you got to stay through the end. He sort of like, it, it, especially because of the, the reputation of Lakers fans, like. Him leaving, and look, I love Kobe, and I'm I, I'm glad that he had this moment, even though uh, the other thing about it that annoyed me that I just have to get into is, like, his sort of, you know, highlight package tribute to Kobe was, like, a, a stencil cartoon artist rendering, and the stencil cartoon was, like, Kobe was way too buff, so it, it was, like, Kobe, Kobe was physicality was like a middle linebacker a little bit. Huh. <laughs> and I, I would have just rather have seen like an actual video package of his greatness. And then the, the other weird thing about it is is everyone spent time talking about the, the 60 point game that he had in his final game. As if like the 81 point it, game. Like it mattered? Mattered. Like they weren't just feeding him? Ugh. Yeah. It was like the 60-point game was everything, and that that defined him. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, that was annoyed by all of it. That's pretty ridiculous. I mean, that game at the time, it was pretty obvious that he he just was getting fed the ball. His teammates didn't care. The the opponents didn't really care. He was just chucking up shots, right? So, like, why would you even look at that as a sign of his greatness? I just don't, that does not make any sense to me. I mean, he he did put up 60 points, and he did play well, but, like, yeah, they got carried away with it. That's the same. Right, I mean, it's right. a similar situation to Devin Booker putting up 70 on the Celtics last year. You're right. Like, I, like You're right. It's, it's so just – it was completely fraudulent. And the, the Celtics, not to say they didn't care, but they were winning the game handily, so – they essentially didn't care. And, I mean, when Isaiah Thomas is out there guarding you and you're just not – and you're and he's up by 20, he's not going to care if you are going to score on him or not because he just wants to go back down and shoot the ball. So that was kind of the yeah. mentality of the Celtics last year. I just – I feel like it was a similar situation for Kobe in his final game. And that is the only reason why I wouldn't – point to it as a sign of his greatness. There are plenty of other re- places that you could look, yeah. starting with championships and ending with an 82-point game against the Toronto Raptors. That meant a hell of a lot more than the game that he just had to end his career. So if they spent even more than a, a 30 seconds on that game, like we are right now, then it makes no sense. Yeah, didn't in that Devin Booker game? Didn't they, didn't he score like eighteen points in the last like minute and a half or some? Yeah, it was crazy ridiculous. I, like, I don't know how many exactly it was, but it, they just yeah. It, it, that's all it was. It was the Celtics were winning by a lot. Hand the ball to Booker. Get out of the way. Hand the ball to Booker. Get out of the way. And I mean, that's, yeah. And it, but, but it was it a scenario is. where like like Booker should not have even been out on the court at that point, right? Like he because essentially right, it was killed. a blowout and there was no yeah. That's ridiculous. All right, let's let's talk about Anthony Davis a little bit, huh? Anthony Davis. Sure, really let's talk about let's give give Anthony Davis a few few minutes here. I, I don't really have much to say on him, to be honest with you, because I, I just it's more this trade talk, and this is a, a theme around here for me. And I know you hate it that I hate trade talk, but that's just the way it is. And uh, I just I don't see anything happening here with this thing. I love the player, um, and I just would rather sit here and watch Jason Tatum develop and have to wonder whether he's going to get traded away. So while I would, I would probably package Tatum or Brown in a deal for Anthony Davis. I don't think either one of them is untouchable. I'd prefer to not have to worry about that right now and just enjoy the way these kids are playing. Well, you might you might not at all have to worry about it because did you see at all any of this interview he had with Adrian Wojnarowski? Yeah, basically he uh, is saying that that New Orleans told him that they are not going to trade him. They have no intention to trade him. But he also refers to Isaiah Thomas uh, and Demarcus Cousins as players who were 
supposedly uh, told by their organizations that they would not be traded, or at least believed that they would not be traded in the case of Isaiah. And then they were traded pretty much right, right after that. So Davis essentially doesn't really trust that New Orleans won't trade him, I, I think. Uh, but I do. I trust that the New Orleans Pelicans will not trade Anthony Davis this season. I also trust that they won't trade him this season, especially because I didn't realize he was under contract until 2021. Yeah. He's, in, he's at the start of a new contract. I thought, I, yeah, I thought that he had two years left until his deal was over. I didn't realize that he had four years left on his deal. He's not, yeah. Why would you, there's, there's no chance that they're trading him. But I, what, I, what I do think is interesting is I kind of feel like he buries the Boston organization. He doesn't sound like he'd be happy to go to Boston at all to me. So if Celtics fans, if you're if you're looking into this Anthony Davis interview, it's like a positive sign that like, oh well, he doesn't trust New Orleans, so like maybe he will ask out, and maybe maybe he will ask out at a certain point. But it doesn't sound like Boston is the first place you'd want to go to. It yeah, I, like I didn't really hear the tone of it or anything or how he refers to Boston, but I do know that he that Isaiah Thomas was one of the first players that he named as far as look at how organizations treat their players. And then he went on to talk right. about DeMarcus Cousins. So um, maybe he's, he's taking Boston and throwing them under the bus a little bit there. But I, I think that that's more of a general situation. And he's uh, just by reading it, I didn't hear his tone, but just by reading the, the transcript of the interview, it's, it seemed to me as though he was saying that uh, you can't trust anyone. And it, that didn't, didn't really come across as, uh, not wanting to go, to go to Boston, just the fact that guys you that are really good get here. traded. You're, you're right about that in terms of saying you, you, you can't really trust anyone. But it, I don't know. I guess I found it interesting because, because it was in the context of, like, him saying that, he, yeah, he has heard about it's heard about Boston's interest in him specifically. And then he immediately goes to Isaiah Thomas from there. <laughs> Makes me wonder... One, I, I think you can read a little bit specific, more specifically toward New Orleans than, than to Boston, to be fair, that like he doesn't have complete trust in his organization, and maybe that's the thing he would say anywhere. But then he also talk, late, talks later on about like uh, the Warriors-Cleveland. <laughs> the Warriors-Cleveland, and then he mentions Boston again, actually. And he talks about how, like you know, whatever happens with those franchises, like they still – they still play well. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, if they're guys who get injured or, like, they, they have continuity in a way that he had, they haven't found yet in New Orleans and he's hoping to get. And, I don't know, he sounds like a guy, especially when he, you know, he goes into it and, and uh, people people say that he needs to, like, post his dunks and become more popular and he's like, I don't care about that. All I care about is winning. He sounds to me like the guy who's in the pre-stage of getting frustrated. You know what I mean? Like not that he's not that he's there sure. yet, but that he's he's sort of throwing the, the he's throwing the gauntlet down a little bit on New Orleans, saying like, look, I want to start winning here soon, and we we have to do something about that. <laughs> yeah, and I think he has every right to do that because he is. I mean, he's a player that is a highly touted player. He is uh, a guy that uh, is. Superstar status at this point in the league, even though he's still pretty young, he's only 24 years old. He's a player you want to build around. He's a player they're trying to build around. Like you said, he's got a contract for four more years, uh, even though he has already been in the league for, oh my goodness, Calvin, five seasons. Can you believe that? Like he's already been in the league for a long time and uh, is clearly one of the best players in the league, but has not been able to establish himself as a winner because of the, what they've put around him in New Orleans. So uh, he's, he's giving it his all. He's doing the best that he can. He's trying to make this team a winner. But you know what? I have a feeling that at some point he's going to say, you know, forget it. I'm, I'm walking away from this. And I, I either he's going to demand a trade or he's just going to walk away in 2021 and try and find something else uh, because the first eight years didn't work out. And, I mean, I think that's kind of – the way that the, the league might be going at this point, if, if a guy is this good and they can't win after eight years, he's gone. 
Yeah, I just wonder. I, I think I, it, it'll be interesting what happens with Cousins, right? Because Cousins is a free agent after this season. I think if Cousins walks, then Anthony Davis is going to have to take a long look at the situation in New Orleans and say, well, if players don't want to come here, they don't want to be here, you know, we we found a way to play well together, and DeMarcus Cousins still left and went somewhere else, and now I'm back to square one, and it's me and Drew Holiday. You know, if, if he takes that step back, then going the next season, will Anthony Davis all of a sudden be that guy out there who's like, you know what, trade me? Right around the corner. It might be. He might be. But, but you know what? Maybe the Lakers will trade for him. Boom. There's your next next uh, conspiracy theory. LeBron, Lonzo, Anthony Davis, Paul George, all on the Lakers. Bray, I don't you, know how. You hate, uh, you hate Celtics trade talk, but, but would you hate Lakers trade talk? Because I'm... I might throw some Laker trades out for you next week, if you don't mind. If you don't mind playing uh, playing trade devil's advocate with me. Cause I, I oh, yeah. To, uh, I'm, I'll always play devil's advocate. I don't care what the topic is. I will always flip sides on someone just because. All right. Or, or even just tell me whether or not, you, if you're, you know, if you're GM of X team, is, is trade reasonable? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Right. You want to talk football for five minutes? Yeah. Yeah, the Steelers got screwed. Come at me. The Steelers got screwed. Come at me. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah. How? How did they get get screwed? By the letter of the rule or by the interpretation of the rule? Because... There's one answer that is correct, and there's one answer that is not correct. Uh, which way are you going here? Okay, here is the problem with the rule, okay? The problem with the rule is there, there's another rule. That, here's my problem with the rule. It's a, it's a bad rule. It's a bad rule. I know it's a bad rule, Calvin. I'm not going to argue that with you. Okay, okay. You, you're, right, you're right that the interpretation was correct. In, fa- in fact, this is not even how I think the ceilings was screwed. But, but let's talk about this first real quick. Okay? Look, the, it's, it's not the interpretation. Listen, problem I thought it was football. a touchdown. He crossed the plane of the goal line with the football. He had control. I believe that yeah. when you cross the, the plane, way, that, should be, that's, that should be a touchdown. That's it. Done. Yeah. Over. No. Survive the ground. None of this BS. That's it. Took a step and a knee, by the way. Step and a knee. Step, knee. But here's my real problem with it. There's another rule about the ball crossing the plane that that the only reason the the ball comes out is because he's extending to cross the plane. He doesn't extend to cross the plane in any other scenario except where you're trying to get in for the touchdown. Otherwise, he's protecting the football. But because, because you're taught... So so now now you've created a scenario in which he has to guess whether or not he's had the ball long long enough in the referee's mind to Man. to have possession before he's allowed to then stretch out for a touchdown. You see what I'm saying? That's my that's my so, problem. So here's with that. here's the problem. The big problem with the rule is that uh, when you're stretching out for a touchdown, they differentiate between a running back and a receiver making a catch, which. In, when you're crossing the goal line, crossing the goal line, mind you, you're not in the end zone catching a ball and going to the ground. You're crossing the goal line where you've clearly held the ball and it's been secure, and you're touching the plane of the goal line with it. You shouldn't be a different. There shouldn't be something differentiating the two different players at that point. A running back going through that situation, all they have to do is touch the, the goal line with uh, with the ball, so they have to just run up to it and pass through it just slightly, and it's a touchdown. Forward progress and all that, right? But a receiver needs to complete the catch and all this crap. In my mind, if they completed the catch and they're passing through the goal line with the football, it's a touchdown. And that's the way the rule should be written, but it's not the way it's written. But it's not even even a receiver or running back, because if he he catches that at the the three – and then takes two steps. Well, in, okay, sorry, still, not run, receiver it, or running back. I should, just say, I, should, I should have clarified and said uh, a receiver 
or a runner is what they call it. Once you become a runner, after you've made a, a catch. Yeah, but but no, my my actual wheel problem is with the, the ridiculous pass interference by the the uh, New England cornerback who hits the dude in the back and yeah he knocks the ball up in the air after he hit, hits him in the back with his arms and then it pops up and then they don't call anything and the, the Patriots win the game. How is that cool? Wait, Nobody, you thought there was a pass interference there? I'm going to have to replay the, the, that play because I didn't see a P.I. Oh, the, the P.I. was so obvious. And it just, I, I feel like it's its being overshadowed, one, because of the screw-up of uh, of Juju Smith and uh, I can, the other receiver who didn't didn't do anything on that play, on, on the, the fake the fact that, that play oh, was like whose fault was that? Ben Ben is blaming the the coaching staff, saying it wasn't a fake spike that he thought he was supposed to be running a play there or something, and that that everybody else thought it was a, that they were in a clock situation. No, I know this is this is what I'm saying. I, I feel like the fact that that pass interference is getting overshadowed by all the other things that that happened on that same play to to uh, allow. I mean, not allow that to happen, but to facilitate that scenario where there were nine Patriots in the end zone and, like, just Eli Rogers. So I, I think because of that, but the guy who tips the ball up uh, is just gets there so early and hits him in the back, and it's just infuriating to me because it, it looked like he might have had a play. And really, I just wanted to see that. Kid. Really, I wanted the Patriots to lose. I'm going to be honest with you. And the reason why I wanted, wanted to lose – no, but it's not. It's not because I wanted the Steelers to win. It's because I. I mean, you know what it is. I'm sick of the easy road the Patriots have every year, playing home games at Foxborough. And look, it's more interesting to me to see the Jaguars actually get a, a home field advantage game, have to see Tom Brady go into, you know, hostile Mark Brunel Stadium and have to like win a game on the road. Rather than playing friendly confines at home again every year because you guys play in that division where you have a cakewalk every freaking time. <laughs> is it wrong for me to want to see them? Look, if they win through adversity, that's great. But, like, give them some adversity for once in their lives instead of a, 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 just the flukiest of wins in a, in a way that's infuriating me. And now they're the one seed, and now I have to watch uh, every game that they play at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about that. Um, oh, where did this thing go? I'm, ch- I'm trying to pull up this play so I can dis- dispute you on the past interference. Uh, but I just uh, instead am listening to you rant about the fact that you don't want to see a home game for the Patriots. Yeah, I don't want it. Oh, I don't know about this, Calvin. No, that's past interference, bro. Flag I don't know, man. We have 90 seconds left. I'm going to figure it out in the next 90 seconds. Slow mo. I no the the Pittsburgh player is starting to dive before he even gets there. Come on, come on. Where's the pass wait, wait, wait. before the throw? Are you talking about before the throw? Because there's a little bump. No, no. I mean, that's not that's not no, no. incidental contact or something within five yards or wait, whatever. That's... Did, did he did he arrive? No, no. First of all, is his head turned back? No, it's not. Secondly, secondly, did he arrive before No, he's the looking ball at arrived. the ball. Yeah. He's looking. They're both looking at the ball in this view that I have here. Kind of blurry. We don't have time for me to look it up now. We have 30 seconds left or whatever. They're, they're both... You'll have, we'll have to find it and do it again next week or something. They're both like looking at the ball. They both sort of dive for it. And it was he made a nice play. He got a hand in there. I have a bad. It's not HD in my face right now, but to me, it looks it looks pretty clean. Yeah, I do not agree. I think you I don't know, agree. man. I don't know. We'll have to find some find a good feed of it. Anyway, we're, we're out of right, time buddy. here tonight on Careless Whispers. Um, unless Calvin wants play to defend music. himself for another second. No, nah, you can play the music. All right, we're gonna play the music. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're this was CLNS Media's best show ever. Careless Whispers. We'll talk to you next time on a Tuesday, probably. Hey.